Relational Model series has been cultivated in hopes of helping college-age students on their journey into relationship building. In these upcoming conversations, host Aziza Gore and co-host Derek Scott dive into the realities of maintaining different relationships, boundaries, and expectations, all while remaining true to self and personal values. We hope this resource serves you well. And now for episode three, personal relationships. So the second category in your relational model is personal. Yep. Tell me about that. So the personal space, that is a space for people who um, you are close to, not close like in the intimate space, but it Mm. definitely a deep degree of closeness um, that this is your community. These are your people. It's your tribe. It's the folks that um, you intend to do life with you intend to walk through several seasons of life with even. These are the people who get to remind you of how great you are, remind Mm. you of how beautiful and fearfully and wonderfully made you are. These are also the people who remind you when you're living below your original goodness, Mm. when you are living outside of your purpose, when you are putting energy in the wrong places, when you are literally about to, you know, make mistakes that could have, uh, you know, crazy effects on your life. And again, these are the people that even when you make those mistakes, they're doing everything they can to stay with you. They're doing everything they can to to be with you um, in the highs and the lows of life. It's a very important uh, space. It's the space that I think uh, particularly college students spend the least amount of time working on Mm. but i'll also expand that thought to say that for folks who are post-college particularly those who are in their 30s and 40s it's the place of extreme relational deficit Mm. and many middle-aged men lack personal friends yeah do you think that comes from not doing that work in college years? And so I think some of it is. I think okay. some of it we were raised, um, many of us were raised in environments that gave us friendships as a part of the structure of our lives. So we, and we just didn't realize it. You know, we went to school and often we went to school with people in our neighborhood. So we got on the bus with these people and got off the bus with these people mm-hmm. um, and lived next door to them. And then we, for the most part, had the same classes, right? Or um, you bumped into them every day in the lunchroom, right? Um, or you were on a extracurricular team with them. At, and so you, you found that you liked these people but you didn't have to work for it. You didn't have right. to make it happen. And then there, so then things got hard in our teenage years when we had to start working for these friendships, right? And really right. putting in energy. And so it just got easier just to be friends with people who, you know, weren't pushing back on you necessarily. Or yeah. they, yeah, they moved across town and we just don't talk anymore. And, mm. and, and, but you had other people. And again, some of us didn't, right? Like some of us didn't have those easier friendships um, mm-hmm. because of the structure, but many of us did. And so then we get to college and 
we had said, you know, in all those yearbooks, like, keep in touch. We'll be best friends forever. I'll yeah. see you. And oh. then and then we get to college and, you know, six months in, we haven't said anything to those people. We don't know yeah. what they're doing. They've changed their hair color. Um, <laughs> we don't know anything. We and like we, their Facebook status. Right, we do. We do. And we see them at Christmas and we're like, oh, my God, it's so good to see you. How are you doing? OK, I've got family stuff. Yeah. And like, and those connections we had, yeah. we no longer have. But we no longer have easy access to relationships because even if you've got the same major you're on a different track um even if you live in the same dorm room you got a different rhythm i mean literally on some of our campuses there are people that never see each other because they're not even in the same college right. even if they're on the same campus one's in arts and sciences and the other's in health and human services right. and they never see each other because they're literally in different worlds let me ask, how yeah. many people are allowed to be in this space? Um, yeah. Or recommended? So, yeah, so I recommend, there's a caveat to this, um, to what I'm about to say, but I'll start with sort of the basic. I suggest six to eight people in the personal space. I think you need a small group of personal friends. They don't all need to know each other, but you need to know who they are. And there needs to be agreement that you are a personal friend right. to me. That sounds like I a do. lot of people. It is a lot of people <laughs> in some respects. In another respect, it's not a lot of people. Right. Um, but I do think that you need six to eight people with varying perspectives and people that see you in different ways that, yeah, can affirm you, but also challenge you. Um, the caveat of that is that particularly when you begin to step into a more of a career posture, um, you will end up, if you get a typical job, and I say typical because now we're in the gig economy and things are very different about how we all make our money. But once upon a time, um, once you get out of college or if you went right to work out of high school, you would try to get a full-time job. You'd be working in some place for 40 hours a week with typically the same people. Mm -hmm. And we could talk about proximity being the context of uh, those relationships. But um, I remember my mom worked at Prudential um, as she was raising us. And at the t while she was working at Prudential, she got married, had two kids, struggled in her marriage, got a divorce, and all of the things that came with me and my brother. And so there would be these days that my, you know, me or my brother would call her in the middle of the day and say, we're sick, we want to go home. Mm -hmm. And she'd have to figure that out. And yeah, she's figuring that out in front of her coworkers. Yeah, they're all in their cubicles, but they're all seeing that. And eventually, like, those relationships get built over time, particularly if you stay in that, in, in that occupation for a long period of time. And so... All I'm trying to say is that I recognize that there are still these proximity relationships that get pulled into the personal space because these people that you're working with end up seeing so much of your life. I mean, eight hours a day, five days a week, yeah. they see a lot and they probably hear a lot yeah. and you hear a lot. And sometimes those are just going to be colleagues and there, there won't be it a whole lot more there. But other times, I mean, my mom used to like go out and have Saturday lunch with women that she worked with mm -hmm. and they would talk about their lives. And yes, that person became a personal friend, but they are a personal friend because of proximity. Right. And so within the model, I've kind of split it in half. And I said, if you don't have work friends like that, then six to eight people. But if you do, then I would expand the model to nine to 12 people. Mm. Um, I think that at the very least, you need six personal friends. Mm -hmm. At most, 12. So the six would be 
the people that you are working for to like maintain relationship with, not because of proximity. Well, because of choice. So let me clarify. At regardless okay. of the proximity, regardless of the context, there needs to be at least six people. Okay, gotcha. But if we're going to say that because I'm at I'm at this one place forty hours a week, I need a little more room in my in my personal space, mm. then I would say at most twelve people. Here's what you need to know: your personal space energy is not unlimited. Mm. It's limited, mm-hmm. even for extroverts. <laughs> It's limited. Do you hear that, ENFPs? Yes. So you can't just be personal with everybody. Yeah. Um, Some people try to pull everybody into their personal space. They want everybody to know all the things. This is what I often see happening in social media where people are like telling personal information on a public platform. Right. And then they're getting public feedback on personal information. Yeah. Which sometimes... That's not cool. Mm-hmm. But here's what you've done. You've asked all of these people in this public space to become personal friends. You want them to be accountable for personal information. And that's just not, right. you, you don't, we don't have that ability. We don't have that ability to contain. This is why being a celebrity, I think, is really hard because your personal information gets put out there and now everybody in the world is speaking to personal stuff. Yeah. You weren't designed for that. Let it, let's talk about accountability, though. Yeah. The, the expectation vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. How does that play out in this So in the space? personal space, I would suggest that you bring medium to high vulnerability. And I say medium to high because, um, again, it always feels like we're going to give more. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to get. But in the personal space, you're bringing medium to high vulnerability. Sometimes with your personal friends, you need to open up more because mm-hmm. something's going on. And they need to. And it's hard. It's still hard. Even though you love these people, you trust them. You need to open up a little bit more than you really want to in order for them to be who they need to be for you. Mm-hmm. So medium to high vulnerability and then medium expectation and I say medium expectation Mm. because these are personal friends they're not intimate friends they do need to show up yeah but showing up it's not I mean these are not necessarily people that are going to be there every day at 2 a.m every (laughs) night at 2 a.m like I don't know if that's fair either like I don't know and so this is why you might need to have a bigger tribe right if things are that things are happening on that kind of level where you need a lot of attention a lot of interaction and this is where again you don't need two personal friends you need at least six because this is a lot our lives are a lot right and so but it needs to be shared that expectation needs to be shared no one can uh fulfill all of the personal needs of an individual um and so yeah whether it's going to be six people or 12 people or somewhere in the middle there um you're expecting you have a medium level of expectation from them but it's medium to high from you Mm. So what does it look like for someone to begin figuring out who goes in this space? Yeah, again, I think it, there's an issue of trust. Mm-hmm. I think you want to ask the question, are these people going to be around? Like, yeah, you might click with them. Like they might like you get each other. And yeah. You laugh at all the same jokes. You like the same series on Netflix. But are these people going to be around? Mm-hmm. Are these people committed to seeing you through a few seasons of your life, not just the one that you're in right now? Because the, 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 how do I say it? 
the credibility that is needed in the personal space is also built over time. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to have this sense that even if you move, they're still going to bring medium expectation to the relationship. Right. Which will feel like more than medium vulnerability for you because you got to reach out and like you got to go get them. And always like if it's mutual that you're both personal friends with each other, they will feel like, oh, I got to reach out to them. Like, Mm. oh, I got. Yes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) It always is going to feel like you're doing more. But these are people that, again, they're going to be around for a while. And then if they're going to be around for for a while, they're going to watch you evolve. Yeah. They're going to give you space to evolve. They're going to say how they feel about that evolution. But those feelings about that evolution are not to say that if you evolve, I'm out. Um, and so this is where the maintenance piece comes in. And I invite people to consider rethinking their relational spaces every six months. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that if you're moving people in and out of the personal space super often, there's, there's some deep work that needs to happen in the intimate space. Right. Somebody needs to get in that window and start asking some questions about why do you keep moving people in and out of the personal space? Mm. Um, the personal space should be fairly stable. Though obviously as we move on in life, some people will have to be moved out of the personal space. And I think that's okay. They do take up space in that space. They do take up room. But I do think it's okay for people to cycle out. But I just don't think it should be this revolving door. Right. How do you, how do you begin managing the feeling that you're doing more? Because I feel like that could get really complicated. Yeah. I mean, I, I think one is communication. Mm-hmm. You got to say that. But I think also it's, a, it's just the realization that it will always feel like you're giving more mm-hmm. in any relationship. It will all because it's your feelings. Right. Right. It's not theirs. Like you will always feel like you're giving more. And I would reckon that even in those moments where we say to people, they gave me more than I ever gave them. Often, I think we say that because we're trying to give more. <laughs> Mm. we're trying to yeah. we're trying to affirm them we're trying to thank them right and we feel like we need to kind of take it to a level right where we say you gave me more than i gave you right. it, it could be true it could be true that some people have just shown up and really really been there um and i think that that can be valid but i think uh, sort of an average we will always feel like we're giving more to relationships, whether it be a relationship with a celebrity or a relationship with a spouse. We'll always feel like we're giving more than we're getting back. Mm. Any ending remarks on the personal Again, I just want to I, I want to stress um, that it's important to have this space. I do see college students spending very little time focused on this one and a lot more time either focused on the intimate or the social that we'll right. talk about next. And I just want to say that this personal space is important. And I um, had a student once ask me, so you know, they had no one in their personal space. And they were like, so what do I do? And I was like, all right, so you need to make a list of all the people in your world could be in the personal space that you'd be willing to take that risk of inviting them to see you and to see you on a regular basis not see you like intimate but see you Mm -hmm. and then you need to take a risk be vulnerable which will always feel like you're giving more yeah (laughs) and i told i told this person like you know what you mean a lot to me and i'd love one to just 
continue this friendship and to really invest in this friendship, but I'd love to know if that's something you want from me too. And the words really didn't matter so much as I was like, you just need to take some risk and put yourself out there to have these friends and to invite them into your life. Because sometimes people don't know that they're invited. Right. They don't know that they can be in your personal space. Right. Um, and so um, I, I told them they need to do it. And it's, it's been hard work for them. Um, but I think it's going to pay off in the long run. And so I would just say, for those of us who are afraid that we don't have enough people in the personal space, it's really, it really is important that you open yourself up to people. You matter. You matter. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you need people around you who are going to love you through a few seasons of your life. Yeah. And that does take work. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.